Welcome back again to your Daily Bible Podcast as we continue our way through the Gospel of John. Today we're in John chapter 11, verse 27 through 57. We are going through the story of Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. So far, Jesus received word that his friend was sick, but instead of getting up and going, he waited two more days. Then when he finally got there, Lazarus had already been dead four days. And his sister came out and challenged him, said, if you'd have just been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Then we pick it up today in verse 27. Yes, Lord, she replied, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. So this is Martha declaring that she does truly believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, who's come into the world. It's a huge statement of her faith. Verse 28. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but he was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her saw how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. It's the same speech that Martha gives. They'd obviously rehearsed this together in their grief many, many times. If Jesus would have just come, you have to imagine what Mary and Martha have just experienced. How traumatic watching your brother whom you love in your house dies. Whatever it was that killed him, we, it must have been traumatic. If you've ever been near death, you know how awful, how difficult it is to watch a loved one suffer, knowing all along that if Jesus showed up, he could fix everything. They sent someone to him, and yet he still didn't come. Verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? So this is so important that you notice what's happening here. Jesus knows exactly what he's about to do. He knows that within minutes, Lazarus is going to come walking out of that grave. He knew before he even left to come to Bethany that that's what he was going to do. He told his disciples, we're on our way to wake him up. And yet, when he sees the emotion of people he loves, he's moved to tears. Despite having a knowledge of what he's about to do, he still grieves with those who are grieving. And in doing so, he teaches us something so important. Instead of answering his critics, instead of lashing out and saying, oh, just wait, watch what I'm about to do, don't worry about things, instead, he weeps. Rick Warren told us, the more grief people are experiencing, the harder and the sadder the situation, the less words you use to comfort them. I think it's so wise, and I think it's what we learn from Jesus in this story. He just weeps with the people. And because of that, some say, look how much he really loved him. And yet others basically say the same thing that Mary and Martha had said. If you would have been here, would this man not have died? Verse 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. 
Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odor, for he's been dead for four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I say this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. Do you see how unbelievably dramatic this miracle is? And I want you to notice how Jesus performs it. Remember, in Jerusalem, for the last two festivals, the ongoing theme of the crowd has been that he is a blasphemer, that he is of the devil, that the actual evil spirits are in him. And then others say, yeah, but how could he do these things if he's evil? So Jesus makes this clear whose power it is. He looks up to heaven and says, God, thanks for hearing me. I know you always do, but right now I want them all to know that this is your power, that I am who I say I am, that you sent me, that I have the authority to do these things. And then he says, Lazarus, come out. And he does. The dead man comes out wrapped up like a mummy. Can you imagine being part of this crowd? Four days he's been dead. How dramatic, how public, two miles away from Jerusalem after all that's just happened in Jerusalem in Jesus' ministry. And now, in such a huge and dramatic miracle, Jesus proves to the crowd that he is who he says he was, that he is sent by the Father, and that he is the Messiah. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Verse 45, Therefore many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. Well, I would think so. This is one of those miracles. I mean, when Jesus gives sight to the blind man, that was enough to convince many in Jerusalem. But now think about this. When Jesus healed that blind man, it was just him and the blind man. They had to question the blind man and his parents to see who it even was that healed him. This miracle Jesus does with everybody watching. This miracle Jesus does intentionally in front of the crowds. And it absolutely affects them. It says that they believed in him. But as John is going to point out all through his gospel, verse 46, some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Then the chief priest and the Pharisees called a meeting of the Sanhedrin. This is the high court. This is the supreme court. This is the highest court of the land of Israel. And listen to what they say. What are we accomplishing? They asked. Here is this man performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. So do you see their fear? Their fear is that if everyone believes in Jesus and Jesus is made king, that's going to make the Romans angry. And when the Romans get angry, they're going to take away our temple, take away our freedom, and take away our nation. Let me translate that for you. We, high priests and Pharisees, are going to lose our power. Verse 49, Then one of them named Caiaphas 
who was high priest that year, spoke up. You know nothing at all. You do not realize that it is better for you that one man die for the people than that the whole nation perish. He did not say this on his own, but as high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation, and not only for that nation, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together and make them one. So from that day on, they plotted to take his life. So he prophesies inadvertently because what he's saying is, you guys don't know anything. We are not going to let Jesus ruin everything for us. It would be way better if just he died, one man died, than the rest of us all get killed by the Romans. And actually he was prophesying that Jesus was going to die for the sins of many, that he was going to die for the Jews, and he was going to die for the Gentiles, and he was going to gather back the scattered children of God and make us one. And so from that day on, they plotted, they planned to take Jesus's life. This miracle is the final straw to the Pharisees, the final straw to the high priests, because they now see that Jesus' ministry is now beyond their ability to control the narrative. They simply are not going to be able to tell people that he's filled with the devil because the type of signs he's doing are so dramatic, so big, so unseen in history that now many people are turning to him. This puts their power at risk. And so now they have issued the warrant for his arrest. The death sentence has already been passed on Jesus' life. And from this point forward, We will continue the narrative of how Jesus ends up on the cross. Let's pray. Father, thank you that through your son Jesus, you made one new nation and gathered together to him the scattered children of God. Thank you that you included us in that, that because of the life and death of Jesus, we are now gathered together to you, our Father, made children of God, given the gift of eternal life, and given your Holy Spirit as a seal, as a sign of you and your promises to us, a seal and a sign of your power in us, a seal and a sign of your desire to be with your kids. We thank you for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.